I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 488. Tim Miller, the Disc Golf Guy, not quite next to Johnny V tonight. Tonight... We're going remote, I'm doing this thing from home. You were and, a little lazy, uh, we... didn't want to come over. I mean, yep. I don't think you put mm-hmm. pants on today, probably. That's my guess. Uh, maybe, I'm not, maybe I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, that's for the after-after show. <laughs> uh, regardless, yes, a little bit of snow coming through Wisconsin in the Midwest. Uh, in fact, I talked to a gentleman down in Kansas today, and he said they got 10 inches, which is far more than what we actually received here in Wisconsin. So I feel like... a little bit of a baby but they they, our kids both had schools called off uh they were anticipating i think even more than what we received and since we haven't had any snow this year uh they decided to be extra cautious on everyone today so kind of a weird day in wisconsin and probably throughout the midwest yeah i heard like 70 percent of our country is under some sort of uh cold advisory you know obviously that changes depending on where you're at a cold advisory in Oklahoma and northern Texas is going to be a little bit different than a cold advisory here, but I know, obviously, with something like Oklahoma, they get hit with a lot of ice storms. Um, but anyway, in Texas versus you know Arizona, so we're talking to a friend in Arizona today. It was thirty-two degrees there. Not yeah, that's yeah, that's the, the, <laughs> they, and they ain't ready for that. <laughs> no, and they, they they shouldn't be rivaling what we're seeing in Wisconsin because no. we were in that neighborhood. So uh, understandable if everyone's a little chilly out there. So hopefully everybody is safe. I know there's parts of the country without power. I know there was a tornado that uh, went through in the in the the Gulf area. So hopefully everyone is safe. So uh, tonight uh, here in our second podcast of 2024, a couple of very special guests. Uh, I think without further ado, we're going to get right to our first one. I don't know how he hasn't been on here. Maybe he took offense to that. Maybe that's why he decided to go kick, start his own kick-ass podcast, and he does some incredible things. And we're talking about Jesse Stedman from Trash Panda. Jesse, how you doing, man? 
deeply offended and excited to be here. So thanks for having me on. Which is, to be honest, that's probably most of our guests. Deeply offended, but excited to be on. <laughs> I'm, I'm of course kidding. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Happy to be inside. Uh, like you talking about the weather in Denver, we're having the same. So it's been quite chilly lately. Okay. And you, you're a guy, unlike Johnny and I, who just, you know, now talk and live and breathe disc golf, but you go out and like day to day experience it. You're molding and shaping and doing things. And then like you're making a video out of it. I feel like every other day or. We're on definitely more of a conversation schedule. Yeah, we're definitely living and breathing disc golf over here. Not to be confused with playing disc golf. Um, okay. My uh, my longest streak on U-Disc last year, week to week, was one. So um, we don't <laughs> okay. play a lot of disc golf when we work in disc golf. Uh, but loving it nonetheless and doing what I love. Easily the number one misconception, I think, in our entire sport, right? <laughs> that, well, I'm just going to get a job in disc golf, and then I'll play it all the time. And if you're doing your job well and you love it, you're probably not playing too much, unless it's exclusively as a professional. Yeah. All right, yeah. Jesse. So let's let's get to the basics. Uh, I I think it would be crazy that someone watches us that doesn't know who you are and what you do. But nonetheless, this is your first time here. So uh, rather than me try to screw anything up, why don't you go ahead and give us your, your full introduction. Tell us you know, what you've been doing and, and why we should know you and what you've been up to the last, the last few years. Yeah. So I started a company called Trash Panda Disco. So our whole mission is about sustainability. And specifically, we do that by making discs out of 100% recycled plastic. So that's kind of our shtick. And the very high level version of it. Um, but, you know, people might have run across us on YouTube or Instagram. Content is a big part of what we do. Storytelling is a big part of what we do. Um, also, brand partnerships are huge for us. So those are kind of our three things. It's content, manufacturing and partnerships. So someone might have seen us through one of those <laughs> things. Um, or if you've seen a blue unstamped disc out in the world, likely it was one of ours. That's another, that's another thing. But yeah, we, uh, we're most known for making discs, uh, out of a hundred percent recycled plastic. So the recycled plastic you get, that's not necessarily recycled discs. That's just general recycled plastic. That could be heaven forbid water bottles or any sort of plastic that's out in the environment. Is that correct? Totally. Specific to the plastic that's used for um, premium and baseline plastic discs, it's typically something that's coming from either like a, if it's not a disc, so we do recycle discs. Um, however, if it's not a disc, it's likely going to be coming from medical, automotive, sporting good, agriculture type industries. Um, TPU is premium plastic and it's like, it's not your go-to plastic water bottle or, um, you know, takeout container, but it might be the soft plastic on your toothbrush. It might be the, the all weather floor mats in your car. So it's all around and it's crazy abundant, but specifically like plastic water bottles, um, those would not make the best discs in the world <laughs> just because of the type of plastic. Uh, well, and 
backing up even more so than that, of course, I think it's uh, an incredible journey and effort and everything that you've accomplished. Where where did this come from? Like, what is this your background? Is this what you studied in school? You know, how how did you arrive yeah. at the idea? Hey, let's quit. Yeah. Uh, let's quit doing no. this. No, not in the slightest as my background. So I, I started playing disc golf in 2008. Um, I was a freshman in high school and just found the sport, fell in love with it, played, I mean, summers in high school and college, it was daily. There were times throughout the semester that it would be daily. It became quickly my like top hobby. And for many, I think many, I think can relate to this. It became therapy for me. It was just like, the the thing I would go out and do solo, I would spend so much time doing it. I absolutely loved it. Funny enough, never played a PDGA sanctioned event for all all those 12 years leading up to starting Trash Panda. I'm not a super competitive guy, but it was it just became this thing that I loved. And there was never like this specific moment, but I remember throughout all of that time thinking, we're using so much plastic and we're outside. Where's the recycled plastic? And we would see it here and there, but it really wasn't like talked about and there wasn't a lot of it and not being my background. I thought simple, I could make a disc out of recycled plastic in my garage. How hard could it be? So mm-hmm. actually the origin story of trash Panda is one that a lot of people are familiar with too. Um, but I built an injection machine in my garage that operated, it injected on my body weight. Like I would hang on the bar mm-hmm. and it would inject the disc. And that was kind of how we prototyped for the first couple of years. That was how we made our first products. And um, I learned how hard it was and how complicated this simple idea I had was. But I'm so happy I was naive because had I not been naive, we were actually talking about this as a team today. You know, now I have a staff of people like we're, we're doing this daily and we were talking as a team to, today about the dangerous um, combination of passion and naivete. <laughs> and that's kind of where we started. When you, when you saw that, the, the discs, and then you thought, oh, hey, why am I not doing this? Or, or maybe, hey, I could make this. Clearly, like you said, you didn't necessarily know everything that went into it. What, what's been the most... I mean, there's so much you've learned, but what do you feel like has been maybe the most surprising or maybe the most underrated that just people don't think about or realize in, in a disc making process? I mean, plastic, it, it, when I started, plastic is plastic is plastic. Yes, we all have like, we all know that there's different versions and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, in my head, when I started, I knew nothing. I was like, you could combine them all. You can recycle them together, whatever. Like, why couldn't there be a plastic Mm -hmm. water bottle and a disc? And now it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go through a couple of the steps of how complex it was. So first we started with polypropylene and high density polyethylene. Those are two of the most common post-consumer worldwide plastics out there. They make absolutely horrible discs. Um, they can be used in the <laughs> disc process, but they by themselves are, you know, super hard trash can lid kind of things. Um, so started there, learned that there were multiple types of plastic. So you've got your ones through sevens, right? On the bottom of a product, you're going to have a number one or a number two or number three. I was like, okay, at least I know now there's seven types of plastic. 
Turns out number seven, I went through all seven. By the time I got to seven, number seven stands for mixed. And that means every other type of plastic <laughs> out there. So now I'm like, okay, I all of a sudden there's thousands of types of plastic and I start going through those. Eventually we find, this is years by the way of learning, but <laughs> we find that TPU is fantastic. I could show you a TPU that is a floppy disk and I could show you the hardest disk you've ever felt in your life. That's TPU because TPU also isn't just TPU, but there are hundreds of variations of TPU. So it just like, as you dive, I'm sorry if that got a little technical, but it Not like, at all. plastic seems so simple when in reality, not only is what we're using complex TPU being the base plastic and premium plastics being one of the hardest plastics plastics to mold with in the injection molding industry outside of disc golf. Um, mm. Then you're talking about making a product that's going to fly 400 feet the exact same every single way or every single time. And not only that, but the injection machine now adds comp complexities. And then if you add one color versus another color, you add complexities. It just, I could keep going all night. I won't, <laughs> we don't need to do that, but it's so complex. The fact that you could get two discs that fly the same is mind blowing to me. So it's, it's what disc golf companies, I get it. It's manufacturers specifically. It's their Coca-Cola secret. They don't want to share a lot, but what they have done is mind blowing. And I wish they would share more so we could all just have a deeper appreciation for how hard it truly is. I'm interested in the injection molder that you made in your garage. Did you just Google, like go to YouTube and be like DIY injection molder? Like how? What what did you do to? Because I'm thinking right now, how would I do that? Well, the first thing I would do is I would go to YouTube and be like, how do I make an yep. injection molder and figure out, and then like watch like fifty thousand videos of people probably doing, you know, tell me how easy it is, tell me how hard it is, tell me how great it is, and then from there, like, is that is that yeah. kind of? I mean, I wish it was a fancier story, but yeah, that's <laughs> wow. pretty much it. It's a. Uh, I'm a learn by doing kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So it was very much like found um, there was a company called Precious Plastic that had a bunch of open source machine um, drawings and designs for like DIY recycling equipment, especially for gl the global recycling community in places where they could source things and they couldn't source things. So think anywhere from Denver to a third world country, they could make these machines. And I kind of just adapted the plans and built it off of that, but it was really a learn by doing. I, I, I recall one of your videos, you were, as you said, you were literally like pulling a lever and then just like jamming on it basically to try and get it to go through, yeah. uh, it, which is just hilarious. I mean, you got, that's when you call them the big dogs, you know, if you need a little more of that weight, I, I'm here for you. But uh, I mean, thinking about, seeing some of these modernized machines and I I've had the pleasure of being at the latitude factory in Sweden and I've seen uh disc made at legacy and at a few other places watching them spit out, you know, more than a disc a minute and some of it completely automated was your goal or is your goal to be on a mass, like um, a mass production schedule to, to be making, 
Yeah, that's, that's so a great question. These- I, I don't know that I, I had a lot of goals when I set out, but I'm not sure I had specifics in terms of exactly how and what that would look. Cause again, this wasn't my background. My background was more on the marketing side of things, which is why we had 10,000 descri- subscribers before we ever had a disc, right? Like that, yeah. because my background's there, not here. So in terms of scale, really, when it comes down to it, the goal is to talk the talk and walk the walk. We are on a mission to inspire people to live sustainably and we're trying to do it ourselves. And so our goal is to divert as much plastic from landfills as possible. We want to recycle as much plastic as possible. Does that mean mass production? Um, likely it means we've, we've bumped up production. We actually, when we went, so we started with minis in the garage on that machine. I made actually, um, we started selling them and I made 5,000 before we scaled our manufacturing. And that was one by one. It took like 10 minutes to make a mini. It was ridiculous. Um, it took 30 minutes to just to prototype a disc at a time and likely it would be a second or a third. Right. So by the time we released our first disc, we had scaled manufacturing with a local manufacturing partner here in Denver. So we have a partnership with a local injection molder and, because of because of the scale we'd reached on YouTube and with our story and our mission and the people who had really joined the community, we knew that releasing a disc was not possible in the garage. So to some extent, we've already scaled that that first, literally the first drop of uh, of the inner core, which was our first disc, sold ten thousand discs, and that would have taken me two lifetimes. So it, I'm very glad we scaled at that point. Um, but yeah, we, we continue to scale because we continue to recycle more plastic. And that's, that's what we're all about. How well, do you, that brings up my next, I was just gonna say real quick, that brings up my next question, which is, is there a different feel because somebody says, Hey, I'm buying a disc. I need a more disc. You're trying to reduce plastic and plastic use but yet you're producing more plastic. Well, you're not really producing more. You're recycling it. So is, do you know, do you see how somebody could like maybe come at you with, you know, some kind of almost like hypocritical perspective? Yeah. We get those comments daily. 100%. Okay. Okay. Um, Good. I'm not original. I never, I never claimed I was original. (laughs) No, we get those. We, people definitely have their opinions on it. Um, The reality is that, disc golfers want more discs and manufacturers are making more discs. And if you were to ask some of the big manufacturers in the space, um, why isn't there more recycled plastic? They will tell you point blank. There hasn't been a market for recycled plastic. I like at trash Panda, we're on a mission to prove that there's a market. Our win ultimately is when everyone else does it too. So discs are going to continue to be made. Um, I would love to see not just Trash Panda being the ones making discs, but, you know, everyone doing it. Are we making more? Yeah. Would it be more sustainable to never start a business and do absolutely nothing in terms of sheer footprint? Maybe, but I believe that inspiration and building up a community of people who are acting in a certain way is going to, in the long run, have significantly more value than I myself ever, ever could. Uh, you'll have to forgive me because I'm not, I don't recall, but maybe Terry even has a good idea. Um, 
wasn't Innova's Echo line an originally yeah. some recycled plastic back in the day? I don't know if they're still doing that. I have some old Echo Star, I think, destroyers from way back in the day somewhere hiding around. Yeah. So I, 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 I believe it has been done, but I don't, I don't know if they're still doing it. Do you, do you know if they're still yeah, doing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, first you should put those on eBay because I'm pretty sure there's like a cult following for the old Echo destroyers. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. Second, that's why Dave Felberg mm-hmm. lost the world championships this year. <laughs> I, that's a story for another day. But we'll, we'll right. get Dave to share Deal. that one with us. <laughs> Go. The, on. I'll tune in for that. The so yeah, there other companies have done recycled. Um, our big thing is a hundred percent recycled. So Echo Star specifically on. Innova's website, you'll find that it's up to 50% recycled. That's kind of their story. Um, and it's recycled using um, their in-house waste, which is fantastic. I'm not in any way trying to detract that. We've we've also proven that you can get plastic from other industries and the disc golf industry could hypothetically not produce any virgin plastic, which would be insane. Um, so that's kind of like there's there there are subtle differences here. But if anyone's doing something with recycled plastic, I, like I'm I'm a fan. It's it doesn't just have to be Trash Panda. So yeah, it, you've got Innova's Echo Star. You've got the House of Disc kind of conglomerate, really trilogy before that had their Latitude line or their, sorry, their latitude line, their recycled line. Um, you've got, you know, cast of plastic, a super small regrind line. Uh, they're, they're all over the place. AGL uses recycled plastic in their discs. It's, it's happening, but, um, I think, I think we could do more. Yeah. So then my, my next question is how do you get recycled plastic? I, I guess I don't know. Do do you call up your local, like, you know, your Denver waste management or whatever it is and be like, Hey, I want some of your plastic. And can I stop yeah. by with a truck and just dump it in the, dump it at my, my four by four and take off? Like, how does that work? Yeah, there are a handful of complexities here. This really where it gets to is the, the plastic broker world of people buying and selling plastic, virgin plastic back in like the seventies or eighties realized they could make money on selling recycled plastic because no one else was doing it. And so all of a sudden all these used car salesmen started buying and selling recycled plastic. And basically there are either local recyclers or there are brokers who you work with to get recycled plastic because you're looking for something that's as clean as possible, which means it needs to go through a recycling facility that has, you know, state of the art equipment. Um, I, I would, I wish we could just go to the landfill because <laughs> that would be, that would save costs, but well, you know, then time and the comp, the complexities of that. So, um, and then one of the problems also you deal with is just color, uh, Castaplast Regrind famously wasn't super well adopted, even though it felt fantastic. And I actually have two Regrind Bergs that I love because it was brown. Because when you mix all the colors together, it just comes out brown. So there's a whole market that buys and sells recycled plastic that helps, you know, basically the it's kind of a trickle down. The more that market increases the more the systems and the processes and the local recycling facilities and the money invested in those um, improve as well. So that's kind of, it's, you invest at the top hoping that it builds up over time. Yeah, I can understand because 
like the brown plastic, as we know, there's a few colors that are just difficult to find greens, browns, yeah. blacks, you know, those are, yep. I, I look at drivers when, and I see those for the most part. And I kind of shy away from those particular colors. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know I've got a, I've got a black undertaker in my bag and I sometimes, depending on the time of day, I might not throw it. I'm like, eh, it's getting a little too dark. I'm not going to bother with this one. We'll just get to yeah. throw something that I, you know, that might work just as well. So, all right. So you can, ah, there's, that's ironically, that's so there are, there are two colors that are pretty easy to get in the recycling industry and that's brown and black. So it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a game there, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, we've gone so far as to call injection molding companies in our state and nearby states just saying, Hey, do you use this type of plastic? If you do, are you throwing it away? We'd like to buy it from you. We'd like to, you know, help you recycle it, whatever, whatever needs to happen. And then the other thing we launched earlier this year is our disc recycling program. So over the three years leading up to earlier this year, we kind of just like people started sending discs to recycle, like chewed up by their dog or just too beat up for them or cracked in half. And I was like, there are not that many people out there who have, you know, boxes of discs that they need to recycle. And over time, we just built up such a collection that I was like, okay, let's launch this thing. Let's try to launch a full-blown program that we can actually recycle and stuff like that. To date, we've received well over 10,000 discs from individuals, retailers, and manufacturers that we've recycled. We're, we're actually north of the 20,000 number at this point. Today, I went to the warehouse and there were four new boxes of discs from individuals that had showed up. And we offset the carbon emissions. They get a discount on our website. We'll recycle the discs. It's a really nice relationship that crazy enough, there's a lot of people who want to recycle discs out there. And if it comes to us and it still has life left in it, we won't grind it down because at the end of the day, like it doesn't do anything to take a good disc and make another good disc out of it other than waste energy. So um, we donate those to you play or local schools and whatnot. Yeah, I imagine that, that was like a, a big scenario. Sorry, Terry. I imagine a big scenario. Like, I remember the first time I broke a disc, like an old an old Stratus. We were on spring break. I hit something on, on whatever, and it just cracked right in half. And all I thought was, all right, well, all right, and walked over to the trash can, you know, yeah. put it in my bag and dropped it in the trash can um, and it, forever to be gone. And all I think now is I could see, I, I can see a future in, uh, local leagues or even kind of like what we do with our uh, ice bowls where everybody brings their broken discs. You save them yeah. throughout the year. You bring them and then your yeah. club maybe sends them to something like a trash panda to do disc recycling. That would be amazing. And clubs and retailers can get mm -hmm. a discount on their future orders with us doing that. We've, we've set up the system and it's, it's working well with the people who are using it. It's, it's surprising that there are discs out there like this many, but there really are. And we've also identified that if a disc ends up, discs are very hard to recycle products because no one knows what's in them unless you have insider knowledge. We luckily have that now. So we're able to do it. But if a disc ends up at a recycling facility that's set up to recycle your common day-to-day -day plastics or products, rather, it likely won't get recycled. And we actually received a box from 
a retailer who received it from a recycler because they didn't know what to do with it. And so we've actually proven that that's the case, that recyclers don't know what to do. And that plastic is going to be here long after we're gone. So we'd like to see it fly again. With that in mind, what are the legalities or stipulations when it comes to denoting a plastic type it is where does why why don't we have to stamp a an eight or a four or a seven or whatever on the back of our plastic dish or why wouldn't the manufacturers uh, where do those legalities and 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 that reasoning come from? Yeah, I be, I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna defer hard and say don't quote me on this to disc dot law or someone else who actually knows. However. I'll say that um, my understanding is that most of those are specific to industries and there's regulations within within industries. For example, um, children's toys. There's more regulation there than there is Mm -hmm. in the disc golf disc world. And so I'm not not sure exactly where the lines are on that. Um, But what's crazy is that if we did have to put the number on it, we would all be putting the number seven on it because that's Mm -hmm. mixed Mixed. and no one would know what it is still. So yeah, it's still like, yeah, it's still an interesting thing. Those, the numbers are like a identification system. That's relatively, it it works. It's also broken. So, yeah. Cause I am, I am, I imagine you hear, we hear about this all the time and people get really excited about uh, different blends of plastic for different, like, Oh, I've got the, you know, burst blend this or that. That's half this plastic and half that plastic. Like just our whole industry is almost built lately on, you know, probably every single one of the halos or orbits or whatever those are could be different types, a slightly different type of plastic versus however. Yeah. That's man. Well, makes we me know, <laughs> we know that we know that overmolding is technically doing that. So, you know, overmolding, you're looking at two different, um, they might not be different plastics. You might have TPU and TPU on top of each other, but one might be a super low density and one might be a super high density. That's I, I, if it's not, then what they're telling us isn't happening, but if it is, then that's, that's gyroscopic stability right there. So, um, yeah, we've seen it. Have you talked to manufacturers? Have they been open with you at all? As far as like, oh, like reach out and say, hey, I have this, I have this older Eagle. What type of plastic is in here? I mean, are the, are the other manufacturers cooperative with you or is it still pretty close to the chest? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's definitely still close to the chest in terms of some of the players in the game. Basically, our relationship with manufacturers at this point is we work with a handful. Some were able to say, some were not able to say. Um, and then we have reached out to some who have said, hey, we don't have any of what you're talking about. Um, I'm not going to name anyone because I'm not willing to do that. But uh, the some are open, some aren't open. We're trying to work with them. And then funny enough, you know, you do a little bit of research or you do some testing and you can find some information that's pretty helpful. So like uh, recently we started the disc recycling program and like maybe two months later, 
one of the guys at Innova did a Reddit AMA. And in the, in the, some of the answers to the questions, there were some answers that helped us figure out where <laughs> pro fit into the recycling capacity, even though he wasn't answering that question. So it just, it just depends. Some are open, some aren't so open, but, um, you know, I, I don't mean to, to spoil premium plastic, but premium plastic is basically TPU. Um, so it's, it's 90% that, uh, with small variation here and there, and those small variations make a big difference. So that's why Supreme and Lucid or Fusion feel so different, right? Because there, there are those small differences that make a big difference. So I don't mean to say what they're doing isn't massive because they are making big differences. It's just, it's still the same type of plastic at the end of the day. Maybe you could dispel, uh, dispel at least one rumor that I heard more than a decade ago. And maybe you can, or maybe you don't know. (laughs) Some, someone once told me who I trusted with their, with their degree of knowledge of, of plastics and injection molding. Somebody once told me that, it was actually cheaper to make a a star or a champion that was the brand at the time uh, a star or a champion disc than a dx disc and that the due to the plastics or whatever else but it was actually cheaper but due to the strength and the marketing and and the actual strength of the the discs that that um yeah but it it was obviously it was upside down in that we were yeah. paying Interesting. Is, is there? I, is I, that just some silly thing I, I heard? I wouldn't. He, he, I don't. So, bottom line, I don't know. Um, also, plastic markets are like this; they're crazy. Yeah, sure. Could that be possible? Yes. Okay. But then you're determining price not on, hey, how much is, like how much does this cost us, but how much value does this bring to the consumer too? So there's that equation. And when you break it down to like wholesale cost and you look at a wholesale cost, because that's really what the biggest players are thinking mostly with their costs, then Mm -hmm. the difference between those is so minimal that like, yeah, when you expand it out, 15 and 22 looks a lot different, but you know, eight and 11 or (laughs) <laughs> whatever eight and ten it's it's pretty close so um could that be possible though sure yeah 100 percent. i i can't um, say for sure and again uh I, I guess this is kind of a tangent to what you're just talking about with working with the companies uh or not um what would you say is the most impressive thing that you currently see done and and, and maybe it's what you're doing with uh the work you've done, but when you see, I mean, because you, you have a totally different look when a piece of plastic comes out, we're everybody's talking about the flight numbers, blah, blah. Don't even get me started flight numbers and all this other random stuff, the marketing, who's throwing it, the company, the pricing, is it tour series? Is it special edition? Blah, blah, blah. You have a completely different look when you pick up a piece of plastic than most, or at least the insider knowledge. So with all that, is there a a process or or something that you know happened years ago, a new benchmark, anything like that that you're like, damn, like that's that is or was awesome or ahead of its time? Is there is there anything like that? Yeah. 
I mean, there's a, there's a handful of things. When you look at especially the last year or two on the disc manufacturing side of things, it has been the season of releases. I mean, release after release after release after release, like so many things. Some companies are doing something every single week. Um, I'm looking at it now and going, it's so saturated. Now it's even more interesting what sticks out. Um, to be honest, the things that stick out now, I think there's some some cool things being done and there's some unique things. In my head, it's a combination. Like the way I look at things is manufacturing and storytelling. So the the product itself is one thing, but the packaging, I'm super interested in how manufacturers are bringing something to market and how, you know, how does something rise to the fame that it does? You know, did... Uh, did the Innova Rolo pop off because of the video that they made with Dave about it? Or did it pop off because Joseph from another round couldn't stop throwing it? And all of a sudden it was all over Instagram, you know, like those are, those are super interesting things to me. I'm not making a point there, by the way, I think there's, that's hard to track. So I'm not trying to <laughs> sure. say one or the other. I'll say this. I'll, we if all I'm, know if, it was the Jeff Panis commercial that played on Disc yeah. Golf Network where yeah. they just, just kept rolling and kept rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. So the the one to me that sticks out, if I'm looking at one manufacturer going, they're, they're, what they did was so interesting, Quest Advanced Technologies. I'm, I'm all over Quest. I, I know it's a little bit of a throwback. Um, Steve rest in peace. I like have, I wish he was still alive so I could meet him and just tell him how much I respect him. The things he did were mind blowing. If anyone's listening to this, who doesn't know quest is like turbo putt is probably the most well known that you'd know him for, but there's so many, the 10 meter brick, the T bone, the the backbone, the brick, the hundred meter laser, the crossfire, like they're crazy discs. Um, he made, he made a disc that was, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's over, it's right here, but I'm not going to show it. It's going to be a video coming soon for trash Panda, <laughs> but, um, I'm going to do a whole video on quest, but, uh, he made a disc that is literally the same on the top and bottom. I don't remember yeah. why. Okay. What are we doing? Cause it doesn't matter. The dude, the dude was not limited and mm-hmm. his, his limit was his where his mind could go and it was so like it's so cool to see the things he did he was if you talk to dave mccormick at gateway he knew him closely um he knew steve Mm -hmm. closely and worked closely with him he he talks about that guy with such admiration too i mean i think what he did was insane and were some of the ideas horrible (laughs) yeah but like who cares you're trying things and that's so cool to see. So yeah, quest is the quest is the cornerstone. For wow. That is uh that's it. I also, I saw his operation. I visited him at his house. Uh, he's in, yeah, he was, he's Chicago, he was in Northern right? Illinois. I want to, yeah, Northern yeah. Illinois. Um, in a suburb, I want to say like Lake Villa, Illinois. Uh, I had okay. bought this from him. Uh, you know, he, he used to pull around a trailer, uh, with like his Saturn, or something uh a car that didn't seem like it really could pull this trailer full of frisbees around or he packed them in there weird yeah um 
yeah, just an just an incredible guy. And and of course the turbo putts like this meme disc, you know, so to speak, today. And for those of that and, don't but, know, the turbo putt looks like a gear. It looks like yeah. it's, it's got the knobs all around the cert, all mm-hmm. around the edge that you would put your fingers between, so you would get better rotation on your on during your turbo. And it has putt. a it has a spiral oh, on yeah, the spiral bottom of the rim, the bottom where your thumb for can your go. thumb. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and you I can mean, adjust it to base. Yeah, I mean, what a what a horrible, beautiful idea, <laughs> right? Like that disc is yeah. such a why? Why can't we go there? Why can't we try some things? You know, like I think I think that's super cool. And, um, you know, modern day, uh, there's man, I hate, I don't even want to say someone cause I'm going to forget someone, but you look at, um, loft discs, they're doing some really innovative things that are really cool to see. The Borium, um, was, was special in my opinion, even though some people don't like it. Um, the most recently the overmolding that clash was doing. It got a lot of positive and a lot of negative. And to be honest, like if you're trying something, you're going to get a lot of positive and a lot of negative. So more power to the people who are trying. I love it. So looking at your lineup of discs, I'm on trashpandadiscgolf.com. Um, I see the inner core and the dune. Is that is that the extent of the lineup right now? That's the oh, lineup right now. Kind and, of. Kind of. Well, and- there's... There's the uh, there's the illegal discs too. I'm going to put that in quotes because those are not yeah. PDGA approved. The those are just you know outside of the weight range. I think Terry's saying kind of because um, yes. What day is it? Tuesday? Yeah. No. Yesterday yeah. we had our we had our third disc approved, the Ozone. So that'll be coming out this year. It's a fairway driver. Wasn't there already a disc named the Ozone? I swear to God, I have one. Like no, I think that's a, a zone. Nope. I think you're thinking <laughs> nope. <laughs> there was a there was a defunct manufacturer called yes. Ozone. Oh, they made a disc was. called the. I want to say it's like Andro C or something. It's the and one they, with the they insert. Made, yeah. Yes, I, Again, I ordered that. An innovative, that. an innovative manufacturer that tried something different. And I think it's literally like right there. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> the the actually going back to Quest, I'll just quickly say. Um, turbo putt, Steve was pretty open about tur- how turbo putt was really hard for him because he put it out into the world and then it got PDJ approved and then mm-hmm. pulled out of PDJ approval. And mm-hmm. the reception from the community was really hard for him. And that's, that's the one thing I want to see is I just want to see the community rally around like great ideas. Let's have fun. Let's try something new. I'm, I'm trying to think of the ones that are happening now. So my mind also went to Discraft recently doing the zone battle pack with the banger mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. um, oh geez, ringer zone that that's so cool. Bringing people into the process and choosing the mold. Like that's the stuff that's standing out, you know? So yeah, I think, uh, seeing people innovate is really cool. I'm, I'm a fan of the future, hence sustainability. I want to see people playing disc golf and, 500 years i won't see it i want it to happen much longer than i'm here but uh i I like innovation outside of that too so this kind of goes with what we were just talking about steve and then the turbo putt being um you know legal and then not and i think that sets such an interesting precedent just for all of disc golf if you've been around long enough to know that story and how that all unfolded and and kind of the just the process there which reminds me i've got a 
uh, a video I need to release about a disc getting PDGA approved, like what goes into it. We filmed the entire yeah. process happening at Masters Worlds this year. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Jeff Homburg, uh, you know, did it. Cool. He had all the tools, explained what he was doing and, and making all the, the marks and everything else for it, measurements. Uh, speaking of that innovation, I, I specifically, in, in terms of recycling, old school, I went with the Vibram Polo tonight. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is yeah, like, this is more than 10 years old, right? This Polo is 10 years old. Vibram, of course, got into the game for a little while with the rubber discs. Uh, very, again, I saw those manufactured, actually. I, I was at Qualberg and saw Vibram discs made. We I put out a video for that. Really crazy so process. Quick, quick side tangent. Yeah, what are your thoughts? When I, when I started, I, of course, went immediately and said, how are, how are discs made on YouTube? <laughs> and there's nothing except for one video from Terry Miller that's like, here's here are the quickest shots of the Vibram process. And Vibram is compression molding, not injection molding. Mm -hmm. So it's a completely different process. And I'm like looking as close as I can, trying to find out how it's happening. That was a that that's just a side tangent I had to share. But I've however many views that video has, I've I'm half of them just on repeat, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. I, I should bring it back out because, uh, again, I think some of that stuff, you know, that was a different world when I had, uh, you know, a tenth of the subscribers. And there's a lot of good, I think, gems hidden out there. But anyway, when you when you does that excite you? I, I, of course, you've been talking in plastics and, and recycling the plastics and everything you've learned about plastics. Is there a world where you're thinking, yeah, you know, Vibram is a viable solution or or any other materials uh, or, or yeah. are these all trade secrets here? You're keeping under uh, patent law right now. I'm I'm going to say something, and there. Every time I say this, people don't believe me, and I could not mean it more. Our win is everyone else's win. I have no trade secrets. I am not trying to hide anything. I would love our trade secret is hundred percent recycled plastic. It we're we're shouting it from the rooftops. So, really, when it comes down to it, I have nothing to hide. Um, as far as other materials, so bioplastics are a conversation, which are plastics that basically um, are are made using bio, uh, like basically corn oil, oils that are more natural oil than um, raw. I'm sorry, my words. What time is it? Seven forty-five. <laughs> this is too early for me that, to that it's falling made, apart. It's over not here. necessarily made from crude oil. It's made crude. from other oils. Crude is the word. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, crude was what I was looking for. So crude, it's not made from crude oils. It's made from um, from like your vegetable or naturally occurring oil or renewable oils. Um, so bio is super interesting. A lot of people mix up bioplastic with biodegradable. The biodegradable side of things has a long way to go. And it's currently in the hard plastics world. As far as when we could see a disc that could be thrown into the forest that if it was lost would just biodegrade and it'd all be fine. We're, we're years from there, but that would be that would be crazy one day. So bio is interesting. Um, the only time we've really seen that in disc golf was Latitude's release of Ecoplastic, which didn't have the best reception. Uh, it was baseline. It w was like a baseline com 
comparison, um, being a little stiffer. Some loved it. Some didn't love it. Um, so bio's interesting. Uh, rubber is very interesting because rubber specifically Vibram is made from what's, what's referred to as a non-recyclable rubber. That doesn't mean it can't be recycled. For example, tracks, uh, turf fields, playgrounds, we often see like tires are also made out of a non-recyclable rubber, but they can be, <laughs> that means they can't be melted down, but they can be recycled. Um, I believe, uh, elevation discs was doing something with recycled tires, which means there may be a way to melt them down, which is awesome. I, I don't have knowledge in that space. So one day we may start looking in some of these other categories and, you know, trying out recycled rubber or trying out bioplastics at the moment there's still so much for us to learn i mean our learning curve is is insane <laughs> at trash panda and every every time we learn something i feel like we're still at the bottom of the learning curve <laughs> so recycled plastic is kind of the focus right now but yeah there's some there's definitely some other interesting ones out there so i've got two other questions you now have with the ozone you're gonna have a fairway driver a mid-range and a putter with the recycled plastic have you found that one of those styles of discs is harder to make than another is uh, i feel like you need to be more drivers in my head feel like they would require more consistency than a putter so to speak i feel like there's a little bit more play when you have a putter and the consistency of the of the throw, maybe because we're throwing it not quite as far, but do you have, yeah. is, is there a particular disc that's harder to make with, with the recycled plastic? Well, consistency is definitely harder when the wing shape is more pronounced like a driver. So, um, that doesn't necessarily mean on the injection molding side, it's harder to make, but consistency as an experience to the individual playing disc golf is definitely more obvious when you're throwing 14 speed versus one speed, right? Um, in terms of what we've learned really at this, at this point, we have the fairway driver approved. We've really made, uh, the putter in mid. So at a production scale. So for me to, to speak to it, it's hard for me to speak beyond mid range, which mm. five speed specifically. Um, so as far as what we've learned in terms of is one harder than the other with recycled plastics, the, the variance between the putter and the mid range hasn't been much. And I anticipate there will be a little bit to the putter or I'm sorry, to the fairway, but not too much as well. Probably a little more. Um, but the, the problem with recycled plastic comes in when you're an injection molding machine is this massive machine that's designed for consistency. Terry, earlier you talked about automation. I'm sure in your head, you're looking at robots in Sweden that are running these discs. Like it's all about automation. It's all about mm -hmm. consistency and the machine is optimized for consistency. But to do that, you have to feed a material in that is consistent. And that's where virgin plastic comes in. If you throw that out the window and it's a hundred percent recycled, all of a sudden it creates a lot of complications because that consistency is very, very complicated to achieve. So, uh, I say that I don't mean to say, Hey, making discs is harder for us. It, it is it, using recycled plastic is harder, but making discs is hard period. <laughs> so again, what manufacturers are doing is very admirable. And what it's funny you say that I, I think of how 
sometimes hypocritical our sport is with consistency in that we look at, I'm just going to throw Innova out there with the sex and firebirds every year. They come out and they fly a little different. Some people love the 2016s cause they, they're more flippy. I don't know if someone's going to get really mad at me cause I'm, I don't know those yeah. things. Some of them are less flippy every year and, and people are like, well, these were the best run I, I don't think necessarily that, you know, if I got an ozone that was blue, that was maybe a little more flippy than a red ozone, it's like, oh, I don't think I would have a problem with that. It's like, oh, cool, I got a more stable one, or I got, yeah. a, I got a little bit less stable one. The hard part, obviously, is knowing what you're going to get ahead of time. I mean, we saw, we've all seen the, the, the destroyer mold video that was that hit hard like two years ago where he showed you the different bent like the different wings and whatnot. So yeah. do, are you worried about consistency for your uh your drivers? Or is there oh, yeah. or, or have you found what's more consistent? Like oh blue ones do this, red ones do this, clear ones. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, am I worried about consistency? One hundred percent. Um we're using a completely inconsistent feedstock. I don't even know what I'll be using a year from now. Right. So I I don't even have that material. So in terms of consistency, yes, I'm concerned. It was something we kind of had a little bit of foresight on early on. And we put a little engraving on the bottom of the disc. It's a, it's a kind of a rotating dial that says the exact date that the disc was made. So if you have a clear inner core that was made in December of 2023, you can likely find another clear inner core made in December of 2023. And it's going to be, it's going to be from the same run, right? So we tried to create that like transparency with what run each disc was from. Um, But in terms of consistency, it really comes down to the individual (laughs) because I am such a casual player. Like I only bought discs from a used bin for 12 years. Like I I I'm with you. I don't care if this disc flies a little different than it says it will. I'm going to throw it a hundred times. I'm going to know exactly what it does. And it's going to do what I need. Whereas if I'm a pro who throws this disc, I know in the water, I need to make sure that I can grab another one. And it's going to do the same thing. So it really depends on the person. And I I can't even begin to comprehend that because I just, I (laughs) don't really care, but for that person, they can probably not comprehend my perspective, right? Well, so take any disc, go out to a wooded course, and that disc is probably walking off the course different than when you bought it. <laughs> you know, because we're, we're none of us seem to be. If if we were that good at throwing, we wouldn't be doing this. We'd be on the pro tour. But you talk about <laughs> you you talk about pros. You guys just signed your first pro sponsorship. Yeah. You, you have Erica yeah. Stinchcomb now. Tell us a little bit about that process and working with Erica. Yeah, we're, we're absolutely stoked about it. So Erica was someone we met about a year ago, kind of just started chatting, um, had a few conversations here or there. Didn't, didn't really think much of it, but there was definitely an alignment of values. And then really, um, to our surprise, we released our baseline plastic. So our putter inner core and she, she started putting with it and putted for the duration of the pro tour since like, I think she started at OTB last year. And for the rest of the pro tour, she putted with our disc and completely like unsolicited did it on her own. It was awesome. And she decided she wanted to keep going this year. We had some conversations, honestly, pro- sponsoring pros has been always 
one step further than we're <laughs> at right now for me. And the only thing that could bring it sooner was an alignment of values. And it's there with Erica. She's from Montana. She's, she's, you know, in love with the outdoors. Sustainability is huge in her life. It, there was this alignment there and it just, it just made sense. So we were stoked to kind of bring the two brands together and see what we could do. Uh, and with Erica, first of all, congratulations to both you and her with her. Is that, is that going to be specific to being a quote unquote putter sponsorship? Like I've, I've seen Drew Gibson, uh, go out and seek out. Is that, or do you expect her to be throwing, uh, or is she fallen in love with, uh, at least the other disc? Uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. To, she is, she's obligated to throw one of our discs. That's it. There's no, there's no specific disc that she has to throw. It's really up to her. She had already chosen to putt with the inner core again this year. So she's already, <laughs> she's already checked that box. If she wants to throw the dune, if she, by the way, we, we differentiate, differentiate between the putting inner core and the throwing inner core, because again, being sponsoring pros being one step ahead to me, it was like, we've got one disc. Hey, be on our team and you have to throw at least one of our discs. Oh, by the way, you have to like this disc. <laughs> like that's just ridiculous. Uh -huh. So, um, we kind of differentiate between the two inner core and then the dune and really it's, it's up to her. She's already checked that box. It's not something I'm really even concerned about. Again, it's a, it's the alignment of values. It's not, it's not, it's so much more than the game for the reason that we decided to partner up. No, that's uh, that's awesome. Now, with everything you've learned and continue to learn, and will—I don't want to say fight through, but I'm sure you're obviously adhering to PDGA tech standards. I'm. This is not a anti-PDGA question at all. My question, though, is: Is there a standard you disagree with, or would love slightly altered, or changed, or? maybe more variants, whatever that is. Um, or maybe, since I know what they are, but why don't you explain kind of what, first of all, what some of the tech standards are for a new disc, and then answer the question as to if there's anything you'd love to see tweaked or, or changed out of yeah. the standards. Um, the technical standards are, for those who don't know, a, a, a box and your disc has to fit somewhere inside of this box, if you will. So in terms of what they are, um, they're pretty, they're pretty open. There's not, there's not, um, too many that like, uh, are prohibitive other than like the diameter has to be smaller than this amount. And basically that means you can't make a hula hoop, which if someone was going to do that, that'd be crazy. So, um, as far as, the technical standards there to me, we're innovating the, the material. We're not innovating the disc per se at the moment. So I'm, I'm perfectly happy with where the technical standards are at. To be honest, I think they need, they need a, uh, just from my opinion, and this is of no offense to the technical standards working group. They need, they need some actual technical people to come in and bring it into the 21st century. It's a uh, mm. very, it's very old school manual. in how it's done. It's very manual. It's very, yeah. And they just, they just, by the way, I, I hope that 
they don't take that offense to that. But also if they do, here's, here's a positive I'll throw their way. It costs $300 to get a disc approved. And here's, here's the one I would like to see change. I'd like to see the price for how much it costs to get a disc approved increased. Now this year it's getting increased from three to $500. I would like to see it get increased way more than that. Because you should be very serious if you're going to get a disc approved. You shouldn't just be able to throw $500 at it. For some people, $500 is a lot. But for businesses who are bringing something to market, if they're already looking at building a $20,000 plus tool, $500 is a non sequitur. So I think we're seeing so many people come into it and so many discs that are doing some of the same things. In, in my opinion, what I would like to see is just a higher bar for people to jump over so that if you really are serious about it, go for it. That's interesting. Well, yeah. I, I that's was going to follow that's that up. Not, with, you... not like sexy thing to say too. Like not a, well, it's a hot, not a... it's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, well, I, I don't know. Does, is that then rooted also in your mission of, well, maybe that would weed out a few of these people who, like you said, maybe aren't serious, but also that's just that so much less plastic that's probably going to get wasted because they are taking it more serious because it does cost more. Do you feel like that might like just weed out some of the, mm. the, the wasted, um, I think you know, the, failed endeavors? I think the amount of plastic is going to be determined by the market at the end of the day. So if the market blows up, the, the, whether there's three manufacturers or 300, ultimately those three manufacturers will scale to meet the market demand. So I think that discs, the amount of discs are going to be out there. To me, it just weeds out people who like, we don't need more noise by people who just aren't as serious about it. And I am, there's no one in my head, by the way, who I'm thinking of. And I could not be more serious about that. I'm not you're thinking, not thinking of, of yourself. Uh, you're I'm not thinking <laughs> of yourself three years ago that was like, man, I'm not paying those a-holes $1,000 to send them my Frisbee. I mean, would you have been excited about I, that? When I first saw it, I thought $300 is nothing. For me to, huh. for the amount of time I put, it took us two and a half years to get our first disc to market. I put so much blood, sweat, and tear and thousands of dollars into this thing. 300, I was fine spending that. Oh, by the way, your first year, you get half off. So it was $150. So I was, I was fine with it. As far okay. as I, it doesn't need to change. It, it, it doesn't, it's not going to mean it's not going to make or break the future of the sport. To me, it's just one of those things that the PDGA could charge a little more and then they could, they could be bringing in, you know, much more high tech equipment to do these approvals, to innovate the sport. The money could be going to build things and tools and different things to really innovate the sport um, or standardize things like flight numbers. And then, you know, you'd have people who are more serious about it. So I, I just think raise the price a little bit. By the way, I'm not thinking of my bottom line here because I'm happy with the lower price. But uh, yeah, it's... Well, and I okay, think... So like, I, I think something like that, and I haven't thought enough about it to know whether I agree or disagree with it, but what I can imagine is we don't need to have every disc PDGA approved. Like you have it yourself, your elite, your illegal discs are too heavy or too whatever. But 
if play pretend though because we mentioned it earlier the rollo if if innovo was just like cool we're gonna make a fun disc this is a rollo you don't have to throw it at you can't throw it at pdga events um it's just kind of a frisbee or whatever you want to call yeah. it it's a disc yeah. any casual can still go and play you said yourself you played 12 years without ever playing a sanctioned event like what's you know, I, I don't yeah, necessarily think we need to have every single disc that's molded PDGA approved. And maybe increasing that price could do something like that. I, I don't necessarily know if I'm for or against that, but it's an, it's definitely an interesting take. I, too, have not thought enough about the repercussions, <laughs> so I just threw it out there and am now am now circling in my brain. Oh, but, it's forever on the internet uh, now. No, you did Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> no. So... I'm happy you said that because it made me think of two discs. One is there was the original Ninja from Gateway, which had mm-hmm. too wide of a rim and was thus not never PDGA approved. And they stamped on it, not intended for PDGA play. And that's a super interesting disc. Um, th- then modern day, uh, you have, I, I didn't mention them and I'm happy you brought it up because it made me think of them. Doomsday discs they're doing some really interesting things. You might've heard of the landmine, which is like a Mm. pole cat to the 10th degree with super extreme lid. Um, But they also have a disc called the weapon of mass destruction. I think Um, don't quote me on this, but that's also a disc that's too wide, not intended for PDGA play, never approved, but you can throw it so far with so much ease. And then they also have like a, a condor diameter, like T-Bird, Thunderbird-esque disc, which is crazy. And so it's super cool. I like seeing, I like seeing different stuff. I think that's cool. So shout out to them too. That's, that one's interesting. Again, I don't, we know you're not going to name any names. You're going to, you're not going to give us that much, but. <laughs> How often, maybe here's how I'll word it, how often, if ever, do you just roll your eyes or throw your hands up or slam your desk in disgust when you see some of the marketing and or ploys that you just you just know are are BS? Or or do we not have a lot of that in our in our sport? I mean, again, you have such an insider different unique perspective now and you're coming in with so many other established i mean do you do you see something posted and you're just like oh my like that's so do you ever get that i are you too positive for that i'm like i'm definitely optimistic to a fault and i think that to me it's just i i don't know some people the if I sometimes I'll see things and if, if I saw myself do them, I would roll my eyes all day. But the reality is that we see the world from different perspectives. And so, you know, I believe, I believe that we can all grow this pie together. And there's like this, this Harvard business review article that was about pie enlargers versus pie slicers. And some people believe that for me to grow my slice of the pie, I have to actually take some of your slice. And then there's some people who believe that we can just grow the pie. We can keep our slices. And if we work together to grow the pie, all of our slices grow bigger. It's a business Mm -hmm. analogy, but I, I see the world that way. 
And I, I think we can work together to be honest. Sustainability is that way. It's, it's, we say this sometimes it's not about one per, it's not about someone doing everything, but rather everyone doing something to us. Mm-hmm. That's like a hugely important piece of it. It's not about trash Panda. It's about all of us doing something. And so when I look at people, when I see things, I have a hard time rolling my eyes because they just see the world differently than I do. And that's okay. Um, so that's my, I don't know. That's my well, non-answer, but that's just, that's just how I am. Well, let me, let me, again, I'm going to go, this digs way back to, as Johnny mentioned earlier, uh, echo plastic from, uh, or eco plastic from Innova. Oh. Someone once said to me, again, I always, here's my disclaimer. Someone once said to me, yeah, that's great. They're doing it. The full color sticker that they're putting on that disc to to differentiate it and to tell you that it's eco plastic or whatever is doing more damage than probably what they're doing to recycle it in the first place. And that was an interesting take. I have no idea, of course, if that was true, but just a, I'll say a naysayer had said that to me. And I, it, it really was interesting because that's where you're like, you're blending the, the practicality of some form of recycling, but then the marketing that goes with it. And is that, you know, so to speak offsetting in any capacity. Um, I just, yeah. I thought that was a really uh, interesting way that I heard that said yep. way back when, uh, eco plastic f- came out. I feel like you could say that about anything though, almost like, Oh, the, 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 you know, the amount of electricity you're using to run the presses to redo these discs is, you know, is hurtful for the environment or, you know, the the, the, the extra gas it takes to drive now the, these additional discs. I feel like you could find a naysayer with almost any aspect. And I, I'm kind of with Jesse. What he said earlier is it's just like it's nice to see people trying these things, whether yeah. you can you can pick apart anything. The, that's what I'm here for. I, I've, I've got, yeah, I've got two thoughts on that. Well, I've got three. First is retitle the episode to Terry tries to get Jesse to call someone out because <laughs> yeah. that's welcome, what's welcome going to Smashbox. on here. Welcome I won't to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I really don't want um, I'm totally you to. Joking. I'm not asking I'm totally for joking. that. <laughs> I'm totally joking. The, so my, my two thoughts with this are um, on, on the one hand, uh, I, I think... Well, I have I have one primary thought here, and it's that we live in we live in a world that is at an all time high when it comes to accountability. Um, the customer and the consumer cares. People people actually care, and so what are you doing? Be honest about it. Be truthful about it. Be transparent, and like try to do better. Our whole thing is like do something, and then like maybe do something else after that. And then maybe after that you choose to do something else, but it's not about doing everything at the beginning. Uh, so we always recommend if people are like, what can we do? My, my top recommendation next time you're out playing disc golf, pick up one piece of trash. And then the next time you're out playing disc golf, maybe you consider picking up one piece of trash. And then maybe that becomes a habit and you start picking up two pieces And then maybe you choose to do something else. To me, it's like, it's, we get so paralyzed by needing to do it all when Mm -hmm. it it stops us from taking the first step. And then what becomes important is what's after that. Um, On the accountability note, I will mention something else that is a huge point of pride for us. And that's that 
being that things are at an all-time high with accountability, we we try our best to be as transparent and as accountable as possible. But I can sit here and make a YouTube video and tell you how great we are all day. It's different for someone else to come in and audit. And so earlier this year, sorry, earlier last year, can't believe it's already 2024, <laughs> um, we started the process of going through the uh, rigorous assessment that is the B impact assessment to become a certified B Corp. And not everyone's familiar with what a certified B Corp is, but basically there's a company that has the certification that it's set up to be a third party that comes in, hosts this super rigorous assessment that can take anywhere from, I think they say six to 18 months. And they go in and audit the entirety of your company and make sure you adhere to the highest social, ethical, and environmental standards. Mm. And B Corp is super cool. You might've seen it from companies like Patagonia or Ben and Jerry's. It's, it's surprisingly all over the place. So if you find the logo and you start looking for it, you'll see it. But that was something we pursued earlier this past year. And in September, we actually received our certification. And so Trashman became the first ever, ever disc golf company to become a certified B Corp. And we are incredibly proud of that. So it's, it's to me, it's like the question of there, there's, it's twofold. The electricity that we're using to make discs don't get paralyzed by it. But then also I want to do something about that. We out of pocket offset every single shipped box from our warehouse, any shipping that goes out from our warehouse, we're offsetting. And when we chose to do that, we actually went back and retroactively did it for anything we've ever shipped. And that's like, it's a belief for us and it's our step and then our next step. And we don't in any way want it to seem like your steps should be those things too. It's just about everyone choosing to do something. So for, making discs and I don't, don't roll your eyes at this in concept is relatively easy. It's one piece. It's an injection mold of one piece. Have you looked at anything else in the disc golf market? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And thought, we can do something about that. Whether it's a bag inserts, whether it's umbrella holders. Like I just think of these little pieces of plastic stools, stools like, but I think of a yeah, bag like themselves. Yeah, exactly. What I, I think of like a, a, an umbrella holder that I, that I put on the handle of my cart. It's, it's a couple different pieces. It requires something you usually screw together and it puts in, that's what I'm saying. Like multiple pieces, probably more molds, more, you know, all these other things, as opposed to a disc, which is a single, more or less a single piece of plastic out of your molder. I know there's more to yeah 
discs than the it's the simplification that I'm giving it. But have you looked at other things in the industry and thought maybe we can do some of that? Uh, it is it is so hard not to just be like, let's make this, let's make this, let's try that because there are a lot of different things. Um, we just, again, going back to our learning curve and where it's at, it's so high. We still have so much yet to learn that as, as the person leading the charge at Trash Panda, I'm choosing to make sure that our team is laser focused on the task at hand, which is learning how to make discs. So once we've learned how to make discs and we feel like we can do, we can replicate this and we can continue to expand the lineup, do we expand to other products? Potentially. Um, the one, the one, there was one caveat to that though. And that was my very first sponsorship I ever took on YouTube was, um, a free product trade for highlighting in a video with a company called disc dot. They were a brand new putting aid that you've probably heard of. And over the years we continued a relationship. And then last year they came to me and asked if we could be their manufacturer. And so actually we are currently the ones who make disc dots and disc dots now are all made out of recycled discs. So we chose to disc dot almost feels like similar to Erica in the sense that it was like it, new products are always a step ahead of where we're at, but the value and the relationship alignment was just, we couldn't turn our backs on that. So we're stoked to be the ones making disc dots. So we do make one product outside of, um, outside of discs. And then I guess, I mean, minis as well. I mean, the fact that the fact that anyone is making minis out of virgin plastic is mind blowing to me (laughs) because the only thing you get out of that is automation. Um, TPU is also just a complex and complicated plastic to run. The fact that you can make a mini out of anything. It doesn't have to perform whatsoever. So it is quite interesting that um, minis are being made with virgin plastic. I think I think recycled plastic on the mini side of things for manufacturers, especially, you know, why not take your waste, grind it up, make minis? It seems very, very possible. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was just looking. Uh, I have worked with uh, Zing Mini. And uh, one of the cool innovations that I feel like they have come out with is their flapjack mini. And it's, you know, standard, so to speak, standard mini size, but it's very flat. And I don't know how much less plastic he's using. I've got to assume it's a, it's, you know, some degree and it's a hundred percent functional. In fact, it's, it's quickly becoming like one of my favorite uh, concepts for a mini because it's so minimal and and it's great. Craig is a fantastic guy, owner of Zing, um, good friend. I'm a huge fan of his. The Flapjack is, I mean, if that's not the future of minis, I don't know what is. You can literally put it in your pocket and it doesn't make this massive indent in your pants. It's like, it's Uh very simple and smooth and it's, I mean, it's fantastic. So yeah, the, 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 I mean, the Flapjack is a awesome mini. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to get it into uh, into, but here's here's three of them stacked, or four of them. <laughs> sorry, four of them stacked, and just the fact that they, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to focus. Probably anyway, the size uh, of a normal mini. Yeah, yeah, it's about the size of a normal mini, and uh, I just I absolutely love those. 
uh, as I was just introduced to them recently when he did some for me. So anyway, yeah. uh, you know, as you said, Jesse, we could we could probably, you know, have a, a nine hour podcast with you with so many incredible uh, questions and answers and, and developments and thoughts that you've had. Uh, so that means we're going to have to have you back. because We can't <laughs> break all our records in terms of length of podcast. But what I'm getting at is you, too, have your own podcast or have, have hosted 12 episodes are people expecting to see more of that uh, or, or download more of that? What's kind of the plan there? What have you been doing? Podcast is a question mark at the moment. So okay. I, you know, we're, we're in a little bit of a limbo right now with, uh, yeah, we had a podcast called Patent Pending with Jomez mm-hmm. and I am so biased and a big fan. So uh, it's, a, it's a cool show. If you like podcasts, interesting stories in the sport. Um but it's kind of in limbo right now and we're not sure um, just because there's a lot of fluctuation going on in uh, all three brands that are now part of it with the pro tour <laughs> coming into the Jomez scene. So there's a lot happening. Okay. We'll, we'll see if it comes back. Um, but yeah, it would, it, it, it's a fun one. I, I have a blast making them. So yeah. Well, there, there are 12 of them out there so people can still go, consume them and take them in and as you're saying maybe uh, we'll see if additional ones get made but you do have 12 episodes that are all listed uh out there as well so make sure you guys check that out uh jesse is there uh any any parting shots or final thoughts that you have for us before we let you go here tonight no i again we're Every time we learn something, we just learn what we don't know. So if if you want to ha- if you want to schedule a time to get back on and talk about all the things I still don't know, I would love to. <laughs> you can try to get me to call people out again. We'll we'll do this. You know, we'll get it recurring. So it was a pleasure to come on and hang out with you guys. I I'm a huge fan of what you're both doing. It's like um, one of the things with patent pending specifically. The show that we did was just like being able to talk to people who changed the game and being someone who's just been a fan of disc golf and been someone playing for um, over 15 years now, to me, it's like, I I just have such admiration and gratitude to the people who are building this sport and who keep it going. What did you say? 488. Yeah. Yeah. 488 podcast. 488. (laughs) (laughs) Do people tell you that's amazing every time? Because if not, uh, no, that's insane. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. There, there's some so, longevity yeah. there. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was an honor All right. to come on. And thank you guys. <laughs> thank you for well, everything you're yeah. doing. Honestly, the, what with what yeah. you're doing in the sport, um, you're bringing attention to I think a much needed aspect that a lot of times nobody really thought of. I mean, like I said, we we have kind of dipped our toe into it in the past, but doing something like what you're doing is is amazing for the sport. I truly believe that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I know uh, some of the people that you work with, I've seen uh, some of this progression throughout the years, and it's it's truly inspiring. And if anything, we have to name this podcast to, you know, why Terry and Johnny can't live up to Jesse's standards <laughs> here and all the good stuff. He makes us feel shitty. I'm okay. He's such a good guy and does, does so many things. Uh, I'm okay. I'm just glad there's people we, like that out we there. We missed... We missed the message. The message was we all do something. Yeah, no, it's no. Thank you, guys. 
Thank you very uh, much. Seriously, Jesse. keep it up. It's uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to watch this, as we've said. And uh, clearly, we, we we should just like schedule you and assume you're going to be on every so many episodes, uh, so we can check <laughs> in with everything you got going on. Uh, and you're welcome here anytime. So appreciate it, and have a good night, and have a good uh, you know start of the new year. And we'll look forward to seeing you out on the course or uh, on the road somewhere at some point. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, Jesse. All right, see ya. All right, take care. All right. What a phenomenal human. And again, I know a few of the people that are working over there. And then, he, as he said, teaming up with the likes of Erica and others. Uh, w- this community that he has built uh, is is passionate and enthusiastic and emphatic, as they should be. And uh, I, I thank him, but then also all of the community that surrounds him because they're making up for the slack that you and I don't necessarily uh, put out on any given day there, Johnny. No, I for sure. We're, it. We, I, I like to think of ideas and make other people do them. Um, that's my, <laughs> that's my favorite thing. No. And I was just thinking like uh, when I mentioned the ice bowl, that's probably coming up for a lot of people or the big freeze, big chill, whatever you want to call your, your local area. All I think is imagine for all the discs that are cracked, that can't be thrown, just don't throw them away. Keep them. And then yeah. one reach out to a local tournament director and just say, Hey, everyone drop your discs off at this event this year and send it and find a way to send them over to Jesse at trash Panda. Um, yeah, it, it's so much better than, as we said, you can't, re- the recycling companies don't, won't take them throwing them away. Seems wasteful now. Like I wouldn't have said that five years ago, but now that you know that there is a company out there that will, that will take your broken, beat up, chewed up plastic, that is still throwable or maybe not throwable anymore and do that. If it's still throwable yeah. and you don't want it, obviously, like we said, donate it to somewhere, Get, donate it to a local boys and girls club, send it to you play, f- figure something like that out. There's plenty of places for that. But for those discs that are truly just like, Oh, this cannot be thrown anymore. Um, there, there, we, we have options now and I'm really, yeah. really happy to hear that. Yeah, and he he answered the question before I even had a chance to ask it as to like when those get donated, you know, what if they still have life left in them, basically? Because I think of a place, you know, whether it's uh, the crew of people we know going over to to Africa right now or going over to Thailand or really anywhere, and like you said, even more locally, there's always a place where old beat up discs can be so valuable to some communities, even if they are you know just that beat up. But if they're beat up to the point where they're you know, uh, you know, a- almost just barely hanging together. Then, yes, getting them sent over to uh, Jesse and the crew at Trash Panda seems like it makes the most sense, so they can do something good with them. Well, all right, we do have well, another guest tonight, Terry. What? Another one already? We do. We have someone in our Disc Baron Digital Green Room. Is it still the Disc Baron Digital Green Room? If it's it not, that's fine. Certainly is. It's. Uh, I'll, it, I'll it say it anyway. It'll always be all that right. way now. Well, here's a little bit of a preface to it. Uh, just je- just like Jesse being a first-time guest, uh, we're going to have another first-time guest. And he had he heeded our advice, believe it or not. <laughs> Maybe that's his first mistake. Uh, he, he said, I hear you guys talking about the opportunity for professionals or players to mention their new sponsorship and their new sponsorship alignments. And I have a brand new sponsorship alignment, and I'd love to make it a Smashbox exclusive. So here's what, so, here's what we're going to need to do. Um, he was on our he was on, and then our good friend Jesse jumped back on the video call, 
and, oh, kicked, Jesse, it, and kicked him off. So we're going to have to have Jesse close out of this browser. If you want to listen, Jesse, you can find us on YouTube. Um, and then we'll have our other guest reload his page so he can get uh, back onto the call. Should have given him a new number. Should have given yeah, him a that's... different number, Terry, because sometimes our guests yeah. do just hang out behind the scenes and watch live. Yeah, so Jesse's got to hang up. And then yeah. uh, once he clicks on that, then uh, our other guest will be able to jump in on the yep, call. He can just, yeah, he'll refresh the browser and then he'll... Uh, He'll hop on the call. Uh, there yeah, he hit refresh on your... There he uh, is. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> our, our guest is back. Sorry about that. Um, Jesse Jesse stole. He wanted He wanted to come back. He wanted to make talk. He wanted to call some he people out. He wanted to recycle finally. his appearance. He wanted to recycle <laughs> his appearance or something. Jeez. All right. With that, uh, we have a brand new first-time guest as well, joining us from the Pacific Northwest. We have Kirby Schneider joining us. Kirby, how you doing, uh, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for thanks for having me on. Oh, phenomenal! We, thanks a lot. For, thanks for yeah. joining us tonight. Yeah, we are doing good. Hey, and uh, I was just saying, you're from the Pacific Northwest, but you got a Boston Red Sox behind you. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, yeah, naturally born and bred in the East Coast, so uh, you know, Red Sox fan through and through for sure. All right, I'll, I'll forgive you if you were born and bred there, and just now, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll be oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, my family's sense. originally from like Buffalo, the Buffalo area, so they're getting like way worse weather than I'm getting out here. Like I heard you guys talking about like the big freeze, and like Seattle was like yeah. <laughs> cold and windy today, but all in all, like it was pretty all right actually. Yeah, not too bad. Well, good. Hopefully, uh, yeah, you're not experiencing the nastiness that we have. So, like Jesse, your first time guest here on the show, uh, and before we get to some of your big news and and the exciting stuff you got going on, give us just a little bit of background in and history, and uh, introduce yourself to the world. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I'm, my name is Kirby Snyder, and I live here in Seattle. Um, I'm currently one of the owners of Emerald City Discs, uh, one of the pro shops here in Seattle. Um, I own it with my business partner, Brian. Um, so that's really, really, you know, we love that. We have, a, you know, about 30, 35 people between like our pro team and our AM team, um, which is our, the AM team's kind of a box, our box squad. Um, so that's always really fun. Brian, uh, my business partner, owns a fried chicken restaurant in Seattle called Bakabak. So that's kind of where all that kind of like stems from, at least. Um, you know, I started playing in like 2009. I went to culinary school in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And we would drive over to like Borderland State Park pretty regularly and we would go and like play out there. And that was really like the first time we learned how to like play or just like, you know, throw Frisbees in the park. And, um, you know, instantly it was something that like I love to do. Um, and then I moved out to the West Coast and uh, just had a product of like not knowing people and stuff like that out here. I just started disc golfing more and more and uh, kind of got myself like into the community a little bit. And then, you know, COVID kind of like shut the world down. Um, I was a chef at the time and my wife now and I decided that uh, it was best to like kind of get me out of restaurants for a little bit. And I just started like disc golfing and, you know, like coaching and stuff like that. And the next thing I know, like we're opening up Emerald City Discs and, you know, now I'm like over a thousand rated and like I'm just disc golfing like every weekend of the year kind of thing. So it's been um, amazing and I feel like really honored, you know, to be like doing this with like as a career right now. So, um, yeah. So, All right. so there's no current plan to go back into the kitchen. Not, 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 not at the moment. No. <laughs> I, I, and it's, it's really fun. Last night, I, didn't, I don't know if you, you watch or not. My wife and I just started watching the TV series called The Bear, which is all about a gentleman. Yeah. Oof. It, yeah. The, I've only seen season one. And, like, there's been a few episodes that, like, my wife and I will watch it. I'm like, honey, like, 
I think I'm done for the night. Like I'm kind of getting like like flashbacks. Yeah, you know? so. yeah. We're, we're I think we're three episodes into the first season, maybe four. It's it's hard to tell. Those they're they're pretty quick, but they are relatively intense. And I'm I'm a big fan in general of cooking shows. We watch Top Chef, all that other fun stuff. So it's it's all I can do to sit and I just quiz you about being a chef when you're here for disc golf. So uh, that, that's uh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, my wife loves uh, the fact that she has like a, a private at-home chef now. So, <laughs> I'm uh, many yeah, many wives uh, would like that. Yeah, <laughs> She's I very lucky. So. Uh, now, earlier in the show, we said too that when you get a job in disc golf, that doesn't mean you just get to play disc golf all day. But unless you're a top professional, perhaps where where is your dare I call it work life balance? What what does playing and practicing golf look like for you versus time in the shop or, or doing other things related to disc golf? Um, you know, it depends on like the week, you know, some weeks where I'm like loaded with what, with lessons and that, you know, practice is kind of scarce and, you know, it's more about finding time to putt and that kind of thing. Um, I'm always like throwing during my lessons, like with my clients and stuff like that. So, um, as far as like, you know, field work stuff, I kind of like do that regularly out there with them and that kind of thing. Um, and then I always set myself up with like one day that I can go to the course and practice, whether that be like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something. But, you know, whatever tournament I have coming on the weekend, you know, like one day to get out there and get like a round or two in, um, you know, just to get familiar with the course, kind of figure out what shots and what discs and that kind of thing. What has your uh career consisted of in terms of where you're playing like are, what are you seeking out is the pro tour you know g- getting on the pro tour ultimately a goal what, what what are you kind of looking at in that regard yeah i mean currently i'm um super happy with like what i have going on like what i'm doing um i definitely am aspiring to be on the pro tour to some extent um, it definitely is a disappointment that the pro tour isn't playing more West coast events. Cause those are a lot easier for me to get out to, mm-hmm. you know, so I've played the Portland open the last few years. Last year I played cascade challenge. Um, this year Beaver state fling will be on my list for sure. So those, you know, without a doubt, when it comes to this area, I'll be, you know, jumping onto, but we have a really, really good local scene in the area. You know, we have, um, young local players like Carter Aarons who jumps on the pro tour a lot. Like he's, he lives locally here. Um, the AM world champion, Axel Olson, who's just an amazing player. I've been playing with him for years since he's been an AM one, like that kid's going to go really far and be really, really good, you know? And then we have some like old pros, like, I don't mean to say like old, but like, you know, like Kyle Crabtree, like guys that have been around the scene for like a really long time, even guys that you might not know about, like Kenny Clark, who's um, like incredible. So we have a really, really good, like local competitive scene that uh, is, is really strong and, and really fun to compete in. Yeah. And speaking of competing, I was looking uh, per the PDGA, you have 27 wins. You've played in 116 events. So that's, yeah. you know, almost a 25% win ratio uh, in terms of events that you entered. And it looks like you picked up a number of wins this year. Uh, yeah, what, what's, going, what's going right for you? I mean, what, what's your strong suit when you're out there? Because as I'm looking, you picked up like six or seven or maybe even eight wins, uh, you know, between uh, C and B tiers. So where, where's your uh, yeah, I think what's, just, what's your game all about? I, I think it's just like consistent play. Um, you know, I, I like 
you know, trying to disc down on a lot of stuff. So that's definitely kind of my strong suit is like wanting to throw putters and like mids off the tee more than trying to bust out like my fairway drivers and stuff like that consistently. Um, but yeah, I think just more more than anything is just like getting out there and like being consistent and playing regularly. Like I love playing events, which is why I play so many events like year after year. I think for the last like two or three years, I've played like over 30 events per year. And it's just, I just naturally enjoy like, lo- I love getting out. I love playing. I love competing. You know, when I was a chef, it was all about like putting the hours in and like kind of like grinding at the workspace. And like, for me, like I take that same mentality into disc golf where it's just like, I, I'm, I'm willing to put the hours into putting and, you know, field work and lessons and putting the hours at the shop, like all of it together is like, just, it, it feels it's, it's rewarding because it doesn't necessarily feel like work because I love what I'm doing, you know? Uh, yes, I, I do know. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> eventually the hours start to add up and then, um, it, and it, you're exactly right that it doesn't feel as maybe taxing, um, because you enjoy it so much. And, and hopefully that, you know, mentality forever stays. When you're looking at a schedule in say 2024, you said some of the events that you want to play, what, what excites you most about playing um, in 2024? Uh, And we'll get to your sponsorship announcement, but like, what are some of the things that excite you most about playing? Um, You know, I set a goal out for myself for 2024 that I was going to go to PDG worlds and I was going to like throw everything I had into doing that. So, um, everything I've done this off season, like I've been like going to the gym and like working out regularly and I've been like throwing like a ton of putts to the shop, kind of getting like my new bag kind of like in gear and ready to go and that kind of thing. And I'm doing it all with the mentality of being like, okay, like Lynchburg, let's go, you know? And it's like that, like, so I'm really motivated and driven like to that. And like, I don't know like what, that is going to look like or what that means for myself like when i get there but all i know is like i'm gonna get there and i'm gonna give it my best shot and you know see what happens so uh so what are you know you just talked about getting your bag prepped and and gearing up and switching over what what have you been throwing what you know where's your your career been in terms of any alignments sponsorships things like that kind of what's what's been uh your game plan or you know the the method so far, the methodology up into this point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, there to my bag is just kind of been whatever is, uh, you know, felt good and it's like flown well for myself. Um, the last two years I've been sponsored by loft discs and it's, they've been just like amazing to me. Um, I was their highest rated pro for the last two years. And I mean, the Xenon that they have is like an amazing disc. I kind of joke that I was the highest or the, uh, the best hydrogen thrower in the world, but I might've been like the only pro hydrogen thrower too. So, um, still counts. Still counts. It's still counts. Yeah. It's like, like, uh, if you're the only child, you're still the favorite child, you know? So, um, (laughs) so yeah, but you know, I had like destroyers in my bag. Like I had like a Zeus, like zones, like pretty like, basic stuff you know i was really known for throwing this uh this green luna that i would throw a lot like that was kind of like my go-to disc before Mm. um the hydrogen came in my bag and then i was just throwing the hydrogen like all over the place like i i love that thing okay so you've mentioned loft obviously uh you've mentioned some discraft some innova with all that being said how adamant or active were you in getting a sponsorship or, or possibly changing sponsorship, or was it a matter of someone uh, eventually reaching out to you? 
Um, and, you know, every off season I do the same thing where it's like, I'm going to reach out to as many companies as I can, you know, same reason, honestly, why I got on this podcast tonight is I just, I shot you a message and said, Hey, like, I would love to do this. I'm interested, you know, can we, you know, is this possible kind of thing? And, uh, you know, I find in disc golf, the more you kind of just like ask and, you know, shoot some messages, the more like people are willing to kind of like talk to you and kind of give you opportunities that you might not have gotten, you know, had you not spoke, spoken up or, you know, said something. So, um, you know, I, I was a big on that and good, get around and kind of see like what offers were available. Um, I did get a handful of like different sponsorship offers, a lot of which I didn't think kind of valued me as a professional player and, you know, like the value that I see in myself, like as a, as a store owner and like that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest like things going into the off season was to not sign a contract that's you know, I'm not worth or whatever. And I was like more than willing to go back to loft too. Like, I love those guys. Like it was a really tough decision actually to step away. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. So, well, and it sounds like you, it sounds like you've got a lot of people who are in your corner. I'm looking at the chat and (laughs) uh, no, truly like it's, it's good to see. There's a lot of people from the Pacific Northwest here that are, that are calling out like great TD, great person, great teacher, great store owner. Like it's, it's nice to see. Well, those are his wife. Good cook. <laughs> <laughs> she's got four accounts, and she's just right, which one now? Yeah, yeah. So, um, line in a room. Yeah, it's. Um, it's. It, I, I honestly really do love to see that when when we bring somebody yeah. on, and there is a group of people that that will that takes the time to show their support. It means that you yeah. really are a, the real deal, so to speak, as far as. Uh, a human. I, I I know nothing about your game, but based on what uh, everyone says here, I I could I would come to you for lessons. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I, I appreciate so my- that. And yeah, thank you to everybody in the chat. That's awesome. You know, especially to the box squad. I know you guys are in there. Thank you so much. Nice. Uh, so my last question before you make your announcement is: uh, being a store owner, and I I know a handful of store owners. I also sell a lot of discs uh, and have throughout the years, and was sponsored by various manufacturers. Does that put any awkward or weird uh, sense or obligations on you. You know, you may be sponsored by X, but you're selling, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F at your store often. It is was, was any of that um, negotiated or talked about or concerned in terms of kind of the different hats that you wear? Uh, not necessarily. Um, you know, I think with anything else, like it's a business, you know what I mean? And I think that's mm-hmm. like kind of the core of it. Um, honestly, like my big thing with like at Emerald City, like when people come in and they're looking for stuff, I'm not necessarily trying to like sell them a disc so much as I'm trying to help them find the disc that they're, they want to buy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not out there really to be like pushing certain brands. Like, yes, like if somebody asks me like what I'm throwing, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm throwing this and that, you know, and oh, I really like this. Like, oh, if you like that, but you're looking for a new version of this, you know, I might recommend this kind of thing, right? Like just like that kind of stuff. But if someone comes in and they say like, Hey, I want a destroyer. I'm not going to try to push them off of a destroyer. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't know how many times we get to say this, but for the first time ever, uh, a, a sponsorship, announcement and smashbox exclusive sponsorship announcement coming from one kirby snyder let's hear it uh yeah so for the 2024 season i will represent uh dismania discs wow really looking forward to it yeah uh thank you to avery jenkins um for all the the support and for believing me for next year and uh really excited to get out there and rep the brand and what yeah uh, a 
I I forget me because I don't necessarily know the Discmania tour levels and stuff. Like, are you on a specific team on Discmania? What 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 does it entail? Uh, I'm on a pretty low level right now. Um, I see it as just me getting my foot in the door and being able to kind of grow within the company from there kind of thing. Um, you know, I got into it with uh, like a, a Dismania Combine, actually. I don't know if you guys have heard yeah. of them doing those. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I drove up to BC in Canada, which is like two and a half hours north of here. And uh, when it did a combine, it did horribly for that day. Just a bad day of throwing <laughs> out of myself. But, uh, you know, chatting with Avery and he, you know, kind of called me like a week later and was just like, you know, I see your potential. And, you know, like I said, like me owning a store, you know, definitely helps. So, um, yeah, my deal with this mania is amazing. Um, I'm really excited about it. Not only does it help myself, but it does kind of offer some benefits to the shop as well. Um, so even if yeah. I necessarily am not getting as much, the store all in all, you know, it all benefits us like as a whole. So. So you can spill the tea on who Discmania is signing. Awesome. Let's get you kicked oh, I, off the team right away. Yeah, yeah, us, yeah I us. wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe more importantly, as I just... Smashbox. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> as I just said in the chat, they clearly... That's why they were okay with letting Eagle go, because they had to make room for you in your contract. So um, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Kirby's no, going to be huge I mean, in Europe. Totally it. Yeah, you know, it's the uh, instead of the crushed boys, because I'm 33, it's the crushed men now. So let's go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, what is your strong suit? Uh, you said earlier uh, your consistency. But when you when I think about just like uh, the actual throws, uh, putting, is it your putting that's phenomenal? Is it your, your driving? Do you have big distance? average distance like what how would you kind of rate your game in those ways um I, you know right-handed backhanded thrower i'm really good at like turnovers and like that kind of stuff um okay. i would say like for like pro tour i have like less less like i have less than max distance for the pro tour but for like our local okay. scene like I'm a, I'm a far thrower um there's guys like okay. we have you know kids like carter aarons around here who i mean that kid throws a mile so it's like Mm-hmm. Yes, I throw far, but like that kid throws like really, really far, you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, you know, when people ask me like, how far do I throw? I like to consistently say like 425 accurately, and then I can push it more if I need to. But realistically, you know, 425 pretty accurately is like where I'm at, like distance wise. Um, I like throwing my putters a lot. Like I, you know, being sponsored by Dismania now, I got to bust out this old Sky God 2, and I'm throwing that mm-hmm. thing maybe like 350 or so right now, like really, really straight with like a little bit of turn to it and like, that's like kind of where I like my game to be at is when I can get those putters like straight flat and kind of like riding kind of thing. Very cool. And then how about forehands, rollers, uh, overhands? Is there any, anything that stands out uh, in any of those types of categories? Yeah, not a strong forehand player. That's for sure. Um, Forehands definitely more like utility slash like working on it for sure. That's kind of my off season goal is to add a little distance to that which is just honestly in uh working out and like throwing more for distance because i spent the last few years just kind of throwing it for accuracy more than anything um you know some of our local courses they have some like really like touchy rollers that i I really like throwing down and i'm pretty good with those too um but we're looking at like you know 325 to 360 you know kind of get it down get it left get it right kind of thing so not necessarily like big distance rollers so much as kind of like woods rollers um, I like to do okay. those a lot too. So, Kirby Parker on the board Excellent. says you're an elite putter thrower. So, oh, mm. thank you. Yeah, that's that's I try my best for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Ollie out there is very excited uh, for everything yeah. that you got going on. I'm guessing too, you know who that is. Yes. Yeah. 
Ollie's the man for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 awesome. Awesome. Uh, w- now, in all in all seriousness, obviously, big news just dropped yesterday that Eagle McMahon leaving the team. There's also plenty of speculation as to if someone like Gannon and or Alden potentially uh, may be joining the team. Uh, Antala was in a conversation at one point. Uh, do any of those conversations, do you have any of those conversations? Is any of that are you privy to anything? And I don't want any, you know, even if you did have it, I don't want it. But are you privy to any of those types of team conversations with other people? Um, honestly, disc golf is so small. I do hear, you know, some stuff from people that I know kind of like here and there kind of thing. Um, I don't really think I know anything like groundbreaking. And I'll, I'll say I really don't know anything at all. Um, sure. But, you know, I, I've heard a couple of like random rumors from people that I do kind of believe and trust. But um, nothing that's really, you know, nothing like solidified, nothing's been confirmed. I will say this like Eagle thing has been like one of the better kept secrets in disc golf because disc golf is not necessarily like secretive with stuff. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's been talked a lot about like, you know, if there's a rumor, like usually like that comes true. And like, we really haven't heard too many like strong Eagle rumors. So it's uh, pretty interesting yeah. actually. Yeah. I feel like they were out there, but they weren't quite as certain as some of the other rumors that we hear, or maybe mm-hmm. seemingly as obvious when everyone, I mean, none of us are that bright when we're like, Oh, I bet you Gannon leaves. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, anyone's going out on any major limb there. Eagle seemed a little bit tougher to believe, uh, albeit a rumor. I feel like it was a little bit tougher to believe just because like Simon, he, that's, that was our, you know, his entire, you know, professional career. Yeah. So, so I have to ask Kirby, you you I'm I'm gonna go back to your 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 cooking days. What is the favorite what is the favorite thing you make for your wife? Or we'll ask, what's your wife's favorite thing that you make for her? And what's your favorite dish to make? Um I mean it kinda depends on like the week for her kind of thing. Um I make this like <laughs> I make this like roasted chicken dish a lot for like when her parents come over in that. And, uh, she hates it for the first like couple hours because I have to like take the bones and have them like stewing in water all day to kind of like cook down. So she always complains that the house kind of smells like roasted chicken. And then her parents come over and I like actually finish the dish and she's like, okay, this is amazing. You know, like it's all good kind of thing. So, um, that's, that's kind of been my signature dish. Yeah. That's been my signature dish for a little bit. Um, when I was in restaurants, I was doing a lot of like fun stuff. Like I would kind of mess with like molecular, molecular gastronomy a little bit and kind of do like one of the fun things I would like to make is like bacon flavored powdered sugar and stuff like that. Like I I had a lot of fun with it and I still kind of like, will do that once in a while. I'll kind of get the itch for like a real project kind of thing. But, uh, yeah. So uh, what is it? Willie, Willie DeFraze, DeFraze, who's, um, yes, (laughs) you're right. Yeah. He's, he's got, I think a, a, a restaurant down in Chicago that I've been meaning to get down to. Like I want to make a weekend of it and go down there with my wife because I hear it's, it's phenomenal. And he does the same thing. When you said the molecular gastronomy is all about just these crazy ass, like different. It, it, I'm I'm so excited to get down there at some point in the next, hopefully the next, year or so because i've i've yeah. wanted to do it forever but that's awesome that, that's really interesting that guy's next that guy's like totally next level mm-hmm. like I, i've read a few of his like cooking books and kind of like seen him on like some shows and stuff and like what he does is like way <laughs> like way way next level he's incredible for sure mm-hmm. so well i think i'm already guessing some of the uh freshman 
uh, teammate hazing or uh, dinner parties and who's going to have to cook. Uh, when Team oh, Disney yeah. all gets together, <laughs> like, well, we got this guy. Uh, he's going to have to yeah. cook for everybody. Yeah, well, that also knows. I also know that if I have a choice at, at Worlds, if someone happens to invite me, I'm going to go to the Discmania party, Discmania house yeah, for dinner. Point. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 we'll be throwing down for sure. That's right. Uh, so this will kind of tie uh, these pieces together, which is it was just even I think last week we were talking about you know being on the tour the idea of some food trucks and and things of that nature or um you know having that type of uh you know uh, business model or plan and there's a professional chef that tunes in every single week Aaron you're probably out there um could that ever be a backup plan could that ever be something that would interest you interest you whatsoever uh in terms of uh either following the tour or or having a food cart or something like that or is that just not your style? Um, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting idea. I don't know if that's necessarily for me. Um, sure. I just don't know if, like, I don't know. I think traveling the country with a food truck would be especially, especially difficult. You know what I mean? Those things are okay. Okay. Um, a little lunky at times. So um, I don't know that, you know, that, yeah, I, like I said, like, I'm kind of out of restaurants at this point. Like, um, okay. I like, like, I like cooking in that. And unless I'm forced to go back, I'm not at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. Is there anywhere you want to go play? Let's say international, or presumably anywhere that you are looking forward to mixing some of that, um, you know, that excitement of food and playing and the experience, the culture. Is there anywhere that uh, jumps out at you when you think about where disc golf is now taking us all? Well, uh, my wife is Croatian, and her and her family ah. um, go to have been to Croatia like a bunch of times, and and uh, her dad like knows like where their roots are in Croatia. So I think that would be like a fun, like trip with them at least, you know, to kind of jump into like where they're from a little bit, but then also kind of show them like a little bit of like my world and kind of like, you know, one of the bigger events of of our side. So yeah, I would say Croatia. All right. Well, believe it or not, I have a recommendation for you. Okay. You in Croatia, you go to the Drava Forester, which is single-handedly the most fun disc golf tournament on the planet you go to the drava forester you hang out with uh everyone there uh dinko maya and the entire crew you you take you partake in that and then you get the wine tastings you get uh fancy dinners all as part of it plus it's this incredible party for four or five days like easily one of the greatest experiences of my life is croatia for four or five nights so i I'll see you at the Drava Forester. I mean, you just pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. much see <laughs> That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. That, yeah. Seriously, that is uh, that sounds like a, a perfect tie for you uh, in order to get there. So I love it. Yeah. All totally. right, uh, Kirby. Is there is there anything else you want to share with us before we uh, before we let you go? We got a big big shout out. To, do you know Lauren Hagen by chance? No. Um, well, huge. Yes. Yeah. Well, Lauren, huge super chat. So, Lauren, huge thank you to you. We got to call that out. Thank you, Lauren. Very significant. So we very much appreciate that, Um, Lauren. So thank you. Uh, Anything else you want to share with us and the rest of the Smashies, though, uh, before we let you go here tonight? No, I just uh, really want to thank you guys for letting me on here. You know, I'd messaged you for a couple of days and 
uh-huh. looked at my business partner. I was just like, honestly, man, if I hear back from them at all, it'll be incredible. And when you shot me a message last night and said, let's do it, I was, I like woke my wife up. I was like, honey, I can't believe this, you know? So, um, yeah, just, you know, thank you guys, especially for uh, giving me this opportunity and, you know, letting me get on here. Um, I really want to thank my wife, Ellie, for letting me, you know, disc golf and, you know, uh, you know, kind of just supporting me and being my best friend and all that. Um, thank you to Loft for the last couple of years of, uh, you know, sponsoring me and, you know, kind of being there. Thank you for Tidismania and specifically Avery Jenkins for next year and, uh, you know, kind of setting up that. And thank you to my business partner, Brian, uh, for also just like encouraging me and kind of setting me up for this. So, yeah. Well, heck yeah. Well, it's not too often we have someone uh, that we haven't talked to or met before hop on and and have such incredible news and such a good, uh, inspiring story. And we wish you nothing but success here in 2024 for both your play, uh, your sponsorship, as well as, of course, your your business and the store, along with uh, everything you're doing uh, in terms of teaching and just spreading the love and the joy of disc golf. So it was uh, honestly, it was a pleasure to meet you. And I'm so glad you reached out and uh, we're looking forward to some big things. We'll keep our eyes on you for 2024. Hopefully we're talking to you more or talking to you again uh, later in the year or something, getting an update. For sure. That's- yeah, anytime you guys want me back, just let me know. You know, I'd love to do it. So All right, man. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I right. appreciate it. All right, everyone. That's right. Kirby. Have a good night. Congratulations. Thanks, you too. Bye. See ya. So when you see Kirby's right. name on, you know, some of the, 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 you know, the Pacific Northwest leaderboards you'll know where you saw him first you'll know where he made his announcement here that he's that he's now part of the disc mania team i'm really excited for him and again i I said it before when he was on when someone comes on and you see suddenly a large surge in the chat just praising someone like that it's it's a good sign to me and i I think it's a good absolutely I, i think it's a really good move from disc mania we've talked about over the last few weeks whether or not there is room for the what we're calling kind of the middle pros right now, the regional pros, the people that aren't 10, 20, 10, 30, those thousand rated people that in your area are highly influential. And it sounds like Kirby fits that bill. So I'm I'm excited that Discmania is is, you know, behind that. Yeah, taking a chance and it doesn't seem like it's uh, much of a roll of the dice. Clearly, it sounds like he's already kind of a proven entity there. So, uh, again, congratulations, Kirby, and awesome that he thought of the idea to come give us the Smashbox exclusive to tell us where he's going and that uh, Discmania, very fortunate to be able to team up with him and uh, bring him onto the team. So, congrats. All right, with that. I was going to say, while we're talking about sponsorships, let's go through the last week and see... What has come up since our last conversation? I think the last thing we really kind of talked about last week was uh, Emily Beach staying with Innova. Since then, we've seen a few other names announced. Uh, Chandler Fry joining. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I believe he's doing the Thought Space Thought and Taste. Team Infinite combo. Yep. So Chandler Fry signs with them. We see uh, uh, who? Uh, let's see here. I have I had a list here. Um, was Able that Brick Man left? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Braden, Braden. Uh, was it Braden Sides who joined I'd, Team Castaplast? I think that just came about today. In no, fact, if I that, recall, no, that no. was announced on the fourth. I, I saw it today. Yeah, oh, no, okay. That, I apologize. It was announced on the fourth. Um, we we okay. we see that. Uh, let's see here. 
Ezra Robinson joins with uh, fact, uh, Flight Factory. He's staying Factory. as far as yep. far as I know. He's staying with Prodigy, but also Flight yep. Factory discs. So that's that's great. Um, Holland Hanley also joined Flight Factory. So we're seeing some additional sponsorship from some of the the players, and that might have been one of the things that Holland was hinting at when she was last on our show. Uh, mm. uh, Allie from uh, Smith, yep. Yep, Ali Smith. She is on. She also is doing the Thought Space Infinite combo. We need to come up with a good. You know how like uh, celebrities have like a combo name. Yeah, the Benefer. You know, the yeah. Benefer. We will have someone come up with something good for Thought Space and Infinite. Like, I'm I'm not sure yet. Uh, Paul Kranz comes to MVP. Follows Simon, his good friend. He's over at Team MVP along with Silva Sarnin, which I think was a little bit more of a surprise that Silva moved over to Team MVP. Uh, we mentioned tonight that uh, Erica Stinchcomb signed with Trash Panda, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Stacy Ronsley also signing with Flight Factory, so that's mm. that's really cool. Man, uh, let's see. Really building out that team, yeah. And I say that because the the two main people we saw, and they've of course have others, so I'm not dismissing any of them but the two main most advertised people that we saw before being heimberg and madison walker and now seeing that they continue to grow and and develop their team and have more sponsored players on it awesome to see yep tristan tanner to dga he moves over there kind of signs um he was talking i think he can do a little i think he's doing i don't know if it's strictly dga because he was kind of pumping up uh some discraft discs as well i don't know if he was just Mm. uh before that Aiden Scott goes to with OTB discs for 2024. So that was one of the, I feel like um, Aiden now is Aiden. I I don't believe I don't, don't mix up Aiden Scott, Evan Smith and Evan Scott. (laughs) No, I I, I know who they are as much as I still mix them up once in a while. I at least do know who they are because I filmed all of them. I know you, but Aiden is Aiden still with prodigy and has just added OTB to the, I believe the, that's that was my only. I haven't heard I, I mean, anything about that. Prodigy. It, he hasn't made an announcement that he's left Prodigy, so I'm assuming he's joining. He's still with Prodigy, but they'll still the OTB additional, kind of like Paige Pierce was on Team OTB as well as Discraft. Sure. So it's I believe it's an additional sponsorship. Colbert Allen continues with DGA. That was announced I think yesterday or the day before. So that's that's okay. very cool. He he signed in a, uh, an additional agreement. Um, and as you had said, the big the big announcement that we saw, which I was saving for last, was Eagle McMahon oh. leaving Discmania. What? Because I figured that would be the one we'd probably That's, talk most that about. That is not possible because I listened to the Shanked or Hanging Loose podcast, and the gentleman on there goes by Shanked DG. He told us that Eagle's not leaving. This was like three weeks ago. He said, there's no way Eagle leaves. Well, and I just happened to be watching that podcast. He was wrong, last Terry. Night, and it was on the day <laughs> that Eagle left. So, of course, I had to take a jab because I've never been wrong about anything. Yeah. So uh, I follow him. I, I, I follow sure him I on Twitter. T- but yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> clearly um, uh, again, almost any other time. Had I listened to there, I was ca- trying to catch up on their podcast. Had uh, any other time that was said, it wouldn't have, it would have 
been no big deal because obviously everybody's just guessing. But I literally caught up on that podcast the day Eagle left. And it's the same day I heard him say, Eagle's not leaving. (laughs) There's no way he leaves. So it was it, the the timing was comical to me. But well, all the rumors um, are that Eagles going to Nike now that Nike yes, and Tiger, Tiger have split. So yes, we'll we'll see how makes, that we'll see how that goes. Um, and then the announcement the announcement today um, was Hannah Wynn joining Team Discraft on the tour team. No no announcement about Chris Clemens yet, but Hannah has a. Uh, a video out there talking about her and Dark Ace as well, which I believe she, I don't, I don't know if she's part owner or she's just a, a big one of no, them. She's just sponsored by just them. Just a, a sponsor. And for those of you that don't know, Dark Ace, Dark Ace is very much in the uh, same vein of uh, music and specifically more metal, darker music. And that, that's right up with uh, with Hanowin style, as well as Bob Julio. So my little... Uh, my little conspiracy theory that Bob just wanted friends to go to metal concerts with. He's just, he's just buying friends and, yeah. <laughs> and he'll have that. So Hannah Wynn joins team Discraft on their tour team. That was announced today. Um, moving, moving teams. I think we saw that um, Morgan Linz was moved up to the, from the underground to the tour team as well. That was announced today. So pretty cool. Yeah. Congratulations to all of those uh, promotions for those that got them. I'll be the first to admit, uh, I guess I was doing random things today. The Hannah Wynn news had slipped past me. So this Ooh. is uh, this was actually shocking news to me, Terry, to see that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Congrats to Hannah. So we're and Chris Clemens made a very funny post uh, after the announcement underneath of that, more or less just saying, oh, so that's where you took the van. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah uh, and with it with a little smiley face because hinting that maybe he isn't going to discraft but uh I, I i have a feeling that he is either going to discraft or dga that's my guess for chris clemens i think that they'll probably stick within the same family of discs but i don't know maybe not maybe truly they were there because i mean the van was spotted and it was for hannah and that was that yep. was the big announcement. Maybe Chris has something completely different lined up. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, I guess. I guess all we can do is wait and see. And Chris, if you want to be here and uh, have some conversations with us, uh, of course we would take you. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, I will jump on it and talk about next week. We're going to have, I believe, two. Uh, probably more in-depth sponsorship conversations. I don't know if I can, I don't know if one's being spoiled. Well, I'm going to say it. (gasps) We're going to talk to Eagle McMahon. First of all, he's obviously announced. He is planning to announce next week. What? Eagle McMahon is announcing next week. That's what he had told me is that he'll be announcing next week. He, so he's going to be on our show and we'll be able to talk to him next week. Also, I don't know if he's told the rest of the world, but I believe there's going to be an announcement by one Dutch Napier, Batman. Oh, of course, yeah. Long time smashy. Uh, we've had some communication. He recently had parted ways with Prodigy, and I believe he's going to be all set up and ready to go and have a conversation about what his plan is here for this year. So next week, believe it or not, we're, we're a whole week scheduled out, which is very rare for us. But next week... Uh, ahead of time, I can tell you we're going to have Eagle McMahon along with Dutch, a.k.a. Batman. So that's and pretty fair, cool. Eagle is not going to announce his sponsor on Smashbox, although that would be great, but he will talk about it. 
Oh, we could have left him hanging. Now, I I believe no. per Eagle and I uh, having a conversation via text yesterday, uh, I think he's going to actually be making his announcement come Monday. So uh, we will not be breaking the news. It will not be an exclusive at that point. But we're still excited we're always happy to have eagle on it's always awesome to talk with him and just get his he's a very intelligent kid and to get his perspective on things and i can say he's a kid because he's very young he's almost still it's just a little more than half my age so i was gonna say he could be (laughs) your kid he could be my kid thankfully he's not not with how well he throws i don't think he he uh, has any of your genes but he could logistically be your kid at yeah, the age of 25 and you being much older. <laughs> you can say it, Terry. I'm 45. 45. I was like a, like a record, like uh, a record, right? I, yeah. You know, <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, is, is there any other major news we want to knock out now? Do we want to close down and start an after show? What do you, what are you thinking here? Well, I, like, I would, I the like only we had a couple of great interviews, but well, we did have some awesome interviews. It's really nice to be able to interview, especially. I mean, I love having Jesse on, and and it's great having Kirby, someone who isn't necessarily known throughout the nation, to to get them on. Uh, the only other news I'll quickly rattle off: uh, the 2023 PDGA Player Awards were announced. So okay. these are these are the these are not the DGPT awards. Remember, those were announced earlier. No. These are the PDGA not the Smashy Awards. No, not the Smashy Awards. Um, so the announcements were last week that Calvin Heiberg took the MPO Player of the Year. A lot of consistency. What? I know. Okay. The PDGA Rookie of the Year on the MPO side was Paul Kranz, who we just spoke with. On the FPO side, it was Morgan Linz, who we just mentioned. Um, the FPO player of the year was Kristen Tatar. Tartar. <laughs> um, I don't remember voting for her, but okay. I don't think you get a chance to vote in this one, Terry. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. So I'm I'm really upset that nobody voted for Kristen in this. Not a <laughs> no, single person. No. That is insulting, <laughs> if you think about it. Super insulting that nobody voted for Kristen Tatar here. Um, and... I think yeah, I think those were the announcements. Those were those were the winners of the PDGA Players of the Year and Rookies of the Year. Uh, okay. Remember, this is calculated different than the DGPT ones. The DGPT ones only take into account, I think, DGPT events and majors. The PDGA ones also include uh, a small subsection of A tiers. They include elite series events. They include majors, um, and th- there's something else. And, and there's, there's also no voting. And there's no voting. There's no voting on the PDG. Yeah, it's, it's strictly a, a numbers based, and the weighting is a little different. Um, it, it's yeah. it's a different setup than the DGPT ones. So that's you know, yes. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't know if there's anything else that we have that's pressing that can't be covered in the after show. See a lot of our regulars out there. Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. Keith and Tim. Another Tim. Ray. Pin high. Lots of our regulars. Uh, oh, Dutch is here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He, hey, he's Dutch. Like, he's like Beetlejuice. We just got to say his name. And he, and he pops up. But. Uh, yes, excited to have him talk to us next week about what he's got going on. All right. Well, I say we close it out for the regular show. Uh, and if there's anything we forgot, well, then it gets talked about in the after show. And we can go from there. I'm going to apply some chapstick. So with that being said, 
Big, big shout out to Kirby. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Discmania for what appears to be a stellar pickup. Uh, Avery Jenkins out there doing the recruiting as a team manager and uh, holding things down. So congrats to them, and that hopefully will be a beautiful partnership. And then, of course, thank you to Jesse over at Trash Panda. Again, we could probably ask him 3,000 more questions uh, that intrigue us. So uh, we'll certainly have to keep our eye on him and what they have going on as well, and we'll get more updates from him uh, as the year goes on. With that, that's been Podcast 488 second episode of 2024 thank you guys so much for joining again i'm gonna say again thank you to lauren with the significant super chat i know there was another one in there somewhere so thank you uh we appreciate you guys for joining we're gonna take a very very quick break and then in the after show we'll have a giveaway and uh come up with some other fun stuff to talk about for johnny v i'm the disc golf guy that's 488 we'll see you in the after show you step inside the smashbox Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 